like don't eat carbs or some kind of jujitsu tournament. I didn't know what that was. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, I ate 800 calories a day and felt like a lot of food. It's like, I'll make Coke healthy. Like, yeah. and- <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of Elbows Tight Podcast. It's your host, Travis. Today, I have a fantastic guest and Alex Macklin. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. I just rolled, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, it's, I was talking about this with uh, one of my friends. And I've mentioned to you before, press and record, that I've I've known you, or not known you, I've known of you since the Barbell Shrug days back in like 2014, 2015. And uh, mm-hmm. the, I would, I like to call it like prime, you know, CrossFit days. Uh, and yeah. then I saw you started doing jujitsu and I was like, here goes another one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like here goes someone else that I've known for a long, that I've known of for a long time that does jujitsu. And I was like, I have to ask Alex to, to come on and, and chat, man. So thank you so much for your time today, dude. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So today, what, what I want to talk about, and we'll just kind of like jump right into it, is uh, once again we alluded to before: strength and conditioning, nutrition for jujitsu athletes, longevity. I just did a solo episode about longevity in jujitsu, and I think nutrition and and your body obviously is like the number one thing to, to keep you you training. But to give a little uh, context to who you are as a person, can you go into who you are and how you got into jujitsu and everything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, by by trade, by profession, I guess I, I am a online nutrition coach. So I work with uh, individuals one on one to help with their nutrition. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of general pop people, but I've also worked with a lot of athletes and stuff like that, too. Um, I'm definitely starting to get more into working with jujitsu athletes or just people who like to practice jujitsu because that's just what I'm into. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, how I got started, I guess, in jujitsu. So Doug Larson, yep. uh, Barbell Shrug, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I used to work for him, uh, obviously, at Barbell Shrug. And um, he and Andy Galpin were in Austin one year uh, for a conference, Paleo Effects or something like that. And there was a 10 Planet or some kind of some kind of jujitsu tournament. I didn't know what that was, but I was watching it. And then, you know, Doug and Andy were, like, kind of explaining it. I didn't know what was going on. It just looked like two dudes just like rolling around each other but i was like i was like i'm gonna try this and so um when i went back home to memphis because i was living in memphis at the time um and doug was also moving back and he was like yeah you should come train at uh the school that i'm gonna go train at you should come by so i did and um yeah, I mean, I got my ass kicked the first day, of course. Like, that's what everybody, Obviously. you know, like by like 125 pound girls, like just absolutely just demolishing I me, mean, just mauling me. Right. And um, I just remember that first day, man, I was just I was dead afterward. Uh, but then I really started to enjoy it. But I actually I actually hated it. Started to hate it, though, because the people at my school, like they were they were it was a shark tank right like so oh, man. uh yeah and and i think too because i was strong because i had come from like a weightlifting background and they were and now i know actually why they put it on me because it was like <laughs> self-preservation like they felt this like super strong dude just like this guy is gonna hurt me so they just put it on me and i you know like at first i was like man i'm getting smashed all the time and it's just not enjoyable and i almost quit um but then i did like a little in-house tournament and i got my ass whooped and um it was a no time limit submission only white belt tournament it was it was just murder oh my god that sounds (laughs) like entertainment oh my god it was if i was watching (laughs) stuff like that right now i'd just be like it would be just like that you ever seen that meme with like the lobsters fighting like (laughs) like that was that was it that was that tournament and uh Man, I just got destroyed, and it just really motivated me to really want to get better at jujitsu. And so I just started really training, really training like multiple times a day, and and um and then I I just got hooked on it, man. I've been training ever since consistently, as much as I possibly can. Um, I competed at white belt, but I haven't competed since white belt. So disclaimer on anything like that. People think I'm like a competitor. I I, I have not competed against white belt. I'm 37 years old. I kept getting injured, so <laughs> I'm just. I'm just training. I like to train. That's what I like to do. And so, yeah. How much did you compete at White Belt, though? Just that one tournament? Uh, a, couple, or? a couple times. No, I did it. I did two. So my school did a uh, twice a year White Belt, Blue Belt. They call it a Kumite, like fucking blood sport. I don't know if we can, can we curse on it. I don't know. <laughs> By all means. We're all adults here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so they called it a Kumite. And um, yeah, it was a White Belt, Blue Belt, no time limit, submission only, 
tournament. And um, I just remember my first match, it was me and one of my training partners and we went for 20 minutes. Oh, and gosh. it was just, it was just at that point, it was just an attrition thing and I got tapped. And then the next round I had to go and I just, I folded cause I was just so exhausted. Um, so I did that twice. I lost, but then I, I was like, all right, I'm going to get really, I'm going to really train hard. And I did like a, a, a tournament, like a Fuji tournament and I did pretty well in there. And then I moved to Austin and my professor gave my blue belt after that. So I was after like a year and a half. So dang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what was that? What was that like uh, moving and finding a new gym? Because obviously, someone that's been coaching for a long time, been around mm -hmm. some of the greatest, Travis Mash, Doug Larson, Andy Galpin, mm -hmm. some of these incredible people. Uh, what was it like searching for an academy, especially still being like relatively new in jujitsu? Yeah, um, I mean, when I moved to Austin, I searched around, uh, just looked for places around me, but I, I. I'm more of a vibe person. Um, if the culture or like the vibe is cool, uh, that's kind of where I'll gravitate towards going. Um, like I said, I'm not like super into like being some kind of elite competitor or whatever, winning all these IBJJF medals. Like I'm not, I'm not that. Um, Me too, bro. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, people going super competitive, like doesn't really, doesn't matter to me. I just want to, just want to have a good vibe. And so I trained at, a, I stopped in a couple places in Austin. I just didn't feel the people there. Um, you know, I don't know if like jujitsu gym owners listen to this podcast, but like, if you're if you're a jujitsu school owner, like you should probably introduce yourself to somebody who's new and comes into the door. Like I went to some places and I just got like no one came up, no one talked to me, no one asked me what I was doing there. Wow. I just like just yeah, it was it was weird, man. I was like, I'm here to just check it out, and I don't know, it was it just wasn't it wasn't that. And like when I rolled with some people, because that kind of culture, I feel like it bleeds over to the students too. So when I like rolled with the with the training like the students there. Um, People just weren't really like courteous or friendly or anything like that. Like it was just, it was just not good. And I stepped in one place and, you know, um, Gabe, uh, he's a professor at Integrasal. Uh, it's, I don't know how to say it in Portuguese, but uh, IJJ Jiu Jitsu in Austin. He was super chill. He, he, he you know, was uh, super welcoming. And then everybody there was really cool and welcoming. And the roles were tough. Like, I mean, I walked in there as a blue belt and, um, I was getting my ass kicked. So like, I was like, all right, this is where I need to train. Um, people are cool. The, the roles are good. The instruction is good. Gabe's a great professor. Um, and uh, that's where I decided to train. So yeah, I and think same I here think in, same here in California too. Same thing. Where yeah. do you train now mm -hmm. in California? Uh, Alliance Carlsbad. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's the same thing. Like I um, came here to visit like two months ago and tried it out. Everybody was super welcoming. Training partners were awesome. You know, the professors, they were super welcoming. The vibe was cool. There wasn't a lot of egos, you know? So again, that's, that's just kind of my thing. More of a vibe, vibe guy. Yeah. I definitely tell people when they're looking for a new jujitsu Academy, the first thing I always mention to them is it has to fit your lifestyle. So if they don't mm -hmm. have classes that don't work for you if they are out of your price range if they're too far away these are all very important things right and then if you find something that works in that capacity or you know hits a couple of the wikis that are important to you then you always should go drop in first or yeah. watch a class or something like that because there's a lot of elitism in jujitsu mm -hmm. especially when you like you mentioned like the vibe you just walk in and like you're sitting there. No one says anything yeah. to you. You're like, yeah. I thought this was Who's supposed this to be like for everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. could you, how, have you ever ran into that in like the nutrition or the CrossFitting, uh, the strength and conditioning fitness area also? Um, not to my, not to my knowledge. I know that I've had some friends and stuff like that, that go to CrossFit gyms and then, you know, they get kind of like side eyes from people. Um, I think it's just a lot of anytime where there's competition i feel like there's a little bit of ego involved right um but i mean again it's like you know not most 90 percent of us are just training just because we enjoy training like okay so what some like new purple belt steps in the and steps in the gym and you're a four stripe purple belt he doesn't have any stripes on his belt and he and he tapped who cares like who right. cares like doesn't matter 
So, right. yeah, yeah. Just so, have fun and train. Ready to spice up your Thanksgiving? As we dive headfirst into the mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on the old razors and take care of your own turkey leg with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit manscaped.com, use code ETP20 for 20% off and free shipping, and enjoy Thanksgiving in the style with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Gobble, gobble, boys. Listen, Manscaped has been the longest sponsor of the podcast for, I don't even know, two years now almost. And it's an incredible partnership. I love everything that Manscaped has sent me. And I am so thankful that they've been uh, the sponsor of the podcast through another holiday season for you guys. Honestly, the Lawnmower 5.0 is a true game changer. They keep refining the design to help more and more men with the dual color LED spotlights for multiple skin tones. And just everything about this just gets better. Better and better honestly all the products you get from them you you can't miss so the gift of manscape doesn't stop there though the bundle comes with two free gifts the manscape boxers 2.0 premium absolutely love them and the shed 2.0 travel bag get 20 percent off and free shipping with code etp20 at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com using code etp20 be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from manscaped your balls will thank you. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode. So how did getting introduced to jiu-jitsu kind of change your view, if it did at all, about kind of like nutrition and, and conditioning and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it really necessarily changed in the sense of like, I mean, um, I had been, you know, practicing. I had been doing competitive weightlifting for a while before I had uh, started doing jiu-jitsu. So, um, you know, I was pretty familiar and already really familiar actually with like how to eat for performance. Um, but some of the things that I just realized that a lot of people just in the martial arts space, I don't know, or just in jujitsu, it's like, they don't know how to eat for doing something as high intensity as jujitsu. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of, I, f I feel like there's a lot of like old school, like, old wives tales slash old wrestling coach like advice like this is how you old sensei coach this is how you need to eat um <laughs> you know like i don't know not to diss like the gracie stuff but like gracie diet or something like that like I, I, like stuff like that where it's just you know it doesn't really it doesn't really make too much sense slash also it's not really based in any kind of evidence like that it's good for performance um so there, i think there's a lot of um, people in jujitsu that just don't know how to eat, um, in order to train at their best. Um, and so that's really what I noticed when I stepped into the jujitsu space was like, wow, like in the CrossFit space, there's still some of that, but like most people are like now, yeah, we are going to eat carbs. We're going to eat plenty of protein, you know, that kind of stuff. And I feel like in the jujitsu space, it's still like, no, 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 don't eat carbs or like fasting is good and like stuff like that. Like what? I, like, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of uh, tribalism, I guess you could say, like we mentioned beforehand too, uh, when it comes to nutrition, especially in the jujitsu space, like people look at their professors or a black belt and mm -hmm. expect them to have knowledge about every aspect of training when it comes to jujitsu. And that's not mm -hmm. always necessarily true. Like some people are right. very fortunate to be knowledgeable in some things, uh, you know, with their normal day jobs or the, the person they were before they took over this school. But it's, you can't, we, you can easily be led the wrong way <laughs> in, in this totally. space because we, we put, we put like uh, higher ranks and certain people within the community on such high pedestals. When they say something, we're like, that has to be true. Like, he's been doing jujitsu and he's been successful at jujitsu for so long. Like that means it has to be true, which couldn't be further mm -hmm. from the truth. <laughs> right. How, right, do you, right. how do you navigate things like that? When you see it like online as a coach and you're provide, you're trying to provide as much value to people, true value as people, evidence-based science-based and stuff like that. How do you navigate when you see these things on the internet? You're like, dude, that's just, that's not going to help anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because um, if I don't know the person, you know, if you just tell them, no, that's that's complete BS and bullshit, it's like they, they you know, it's going to be hard for them to accept that. And, you know, you're kind of just telling them that they're wrong to their face. So um, if someone asks me my opinion, I definitely will tell them. Um, 
you know, what I think about a certain topic and what is actually based in evidence. Um, but you know, my thing is, it's like, Hey, if it's working for you and you like it, then I'm going to, I'm, I'm just gonna let you go do it. And you got to, and, and once you figure it out, if that's not working for you, then, you know, maybe come ask me and, you know, I can, I can help you. Like there's a, there's a woman at my current Academy. Um, and she, uh, she was telling me how she went, like, she's going like carnivore and, uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. And she says she feels better and her, um, inflammation has gone down and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, cool, cool. And I just, I kind of, it's like, Hey, just mention this, make sure, you know, you get enough, you know, vitamins and minerals and stuff like that, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't try to like say that, no, you can't do carnivore. You need carbs or stuff like that. Cause again, I don't know what her reasons necessarily are. And, and I just, I just try to let people do what they need to, what they want to do. And then if they need help and they ask me, then I'll, then I'll give them my advice. So what are some common mistakes that you see just like gen pop practitioners make when it comes to nutrition and, you know, wanting to mm -hmm. eat better, you know, they have, cause a lot of people have good intentions. They're just right. not well informed. Like what are some common things that you see that people can change that they might not even be realizing that they do? Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but, um, cause I know we have such a problem with people being overweight in our society and stuff like that. But if we're talking about athletes or just people who do something like jujitsu, a lot of people don't regularly eat enough. They'll eat enough overall. Like it's different if you say Monday through Thursday, you you're on a diet, right? And then the weekend hits and you're just like, man, I'm going to eat like beer and pizza, <laughs> drink beer and pizza, man. Like I love it. It's, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, that's totally different because you're getting, you're getting, um, the calories overall. And you may be in a place where you may be even having trouble with your weight, like gaining weight. But the issue is, is that, you are not necessarily consistently feeding yourself enough. And that actually probably is more one of the issues of a lot of people I see, especially people I coach, is that they are very inconsistent with their food intake. Um, you know, again, it's like it'll be famished and then like feast. Um, and then it's overall, it kind of averages out. But from a performance perspective, your body doesn't really perform well that way like for example like if you if you train if you train like monday through friday but then you know you're trying to un you're trying to under eat or you're maybe not eating consistently enough you're gonna have big swings in your training like you're you're not gonna be consistent in how you feel in the gym and then then your training is going to suffer your overall long-term progress is going to suffer whereas if you ate consistently enough you would actually probably recover better you would perform better you probably not overeat because again a body that is fueled and has enough as has enough food probably is not going you're probably not going to like reach for the chips in your pantry at like 2 a.m <laughs> like right? like like that's that's what happens so um i think that's one of the biggest things and it can be tough for people to kind of understand that because a lot of people just don't, um, they don't know how much they eat. They don't track their food. They don't pay attention. And I'm not saying you got to like track your food forever, but you gotta, you gotta at least like pay attention to some things. You gotta do it for a little while or be mindful of what you're doing. So you can get a good idea of like what actually is happening versus what you think is happening. Yeah. That's one thing that, uh, when I was in the coach, when I was coaching like weightlifting and CrossFit, people would come to me like, Oh man, like I work out two, three times a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in a calorie deficit. I think, you know, it's like, well, do you I actually think. know, like you have, you yeah. have to just because like you're, you feel like you're, you're eating enough, unless you're actually weighing, measuring and tracking, like you, mm -hmm. you don't truly know. And luckily nowadays there's some great apps out there. I started using Macro yeah. Factor. Like, oh I yeah, Macro Factor is great. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's mm -hmm. ran by a bunch of smart, really smart people in the yeah, industry Greg and Knuckles. stuff like that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, and I I don't know. It's it's it, another thing that people probably don't realize is they probably typically don't eat enough protein too. From what I've Correct. seen as well, you know, and it's 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 one of those things. Is like once you start tracking, you start realizing like. Oh, mm -hmm. dude, I ate 800 calories today and it felt like a lot of food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. how can people get, how can, besides tracking, how can people get more calories in their day uh, with like, you know, tip, like simple things that, you know, like before, after training or mm -hmm. while at work or something like that, you know, in order to 
kind of help out with their their overall uh goals i mean i'm a big fan of honestly i'm a big fan of um i mean planning planning ahead is like really important um you know just having some kind of plan and i'm not saying like you got to write out every single thing that you want to eat for the whole week but just having some kind of plan that and that's why i like that's why i like things like apps and track like macro factor or chronometer i use chronometer um but just so you can plan out your day in some in some aspect um you know i'm a big fan of keeping things easy um if you people follow me on instagram they see like i do a lot of stuff from like costco that's already like pre-made and pre pre-done so i don't really i try to make it as easy as possible because i think one of the most difficult things people have about eating so that they just say like i don't have enough time because mm-hmm. they try to make it they try to make it harder than it needs to be like they try to sit there and make some really complicated recipe or they try to they try to spend four hours on a Sunday, like meal prepping and putting things into individual containers. And some people, some people need to do that. I mean, that's their, that's their lifestyle or whatever. But I mean, if, if you can make it easier, like if you can go to the local grocery store and pick up a rotisserie chicken that's already cooked, and then you can make different things out of it. Um, you know, throw it on some greens for a salad. Boom. You got a salad. Like that's, that's make it easy. Don't mm-hmm. try, like, don't try to make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. What, so how do you, you know, there's obviously a lot of, especially on Instagram, like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, people out there giving out nutritional advice and some of it, mm-hmm. you know, obviously is a little bit of like fear mongering and stuff like that in yeah. order to, to get them to buy certain supplements or their yeah. products and stuff like that. How do you feel about prepackaged meals? Like if that's all a person eats, like do they, should they, should they worry about that? Like, is this typically they have more sodium? Do people need to worry about their sodium intake, inflammation mm-hmm. from these foods or whatever? Like, how, how, how should they navigate that? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at everything flexible on a, on a uh, spectrum of flexibility with terms of when it comes to food, right? Like, I look at things like, hey, these are foods that I want to eat most often and regularly because they make me feel good and they fit my goals and they, they are healthy. They make me feel healthy. And then there are foods that I want to eat sometimes, like maybe they're in the middle and then there are foods that maybe, you know, they don't serve, they don't serve my goals that much, um, especially in large amounts. So I don't eat those foods like often or in large amounts. Right. And so that's what I think about like all foods is how I look at any kind of food. Um, again, if you follow me on Instagram, I, I'm very transparent about like what I eat. Um, because I want people to see that, like, yo, I'm like a healthy guy, um, and this is how I eat. You know, like for breakfast, I'll have you know hard boiled eggs, and then I'll have some like chicken sausages, and then I'll have fruit, and then I'll have an uncrustable. <laughs> you know, because like, uh, you know, like for me, like that is an easy way for me to get some calories. It's an easy way for me to get some carbohydrates. I, I eat probably close to 3,700 calories a day. So oh, wow. I, if I'm, yeah, I mean, if I'm trying to eat a lots and lots and lots of whole foods, I can do it, but I'm going to probably be very full and uncomfortable. And, and that's my goal. So again, that's, I look at it in that spectrum. I don't eat Uncrustables for every single meal 20 times a day, and that's not where all my carbohydrates are coming from, but I will have one because it's a very easy, convenient source of carbohydrates for me. Um, But I'm also going to eat things like vegetables. I love vegetables. I love fruits. I love lean proteins. I love love all that stuff. So I'm going to eat a lot of that too, but I'm going to throw in some things that also align with my goals. And so the same thing goes with like, you know, stuff that maybe it's pre-made. Um, yeah, stuff that's pre-made is probably going to have a little bit more sodium and things like that. But again, for me, it's not it's not an issue. If you have an issue, then maybe you don't maybe you t- cut back on that and and you and you don't do as much of that type of food. But that's not to say that you can't do it at all. So maybe it's like, hey, I'm really busy this week, and the kids have got all these soccer practices <laughs> I got to take to. So let's go and let's go get something pre-made, like from Costco, and heat like some some you know pot roast or whatever. And then now we have dinner, and we're not stressing about it, but. We're not doing that necessarily all the time, right? All right, Elbros, I've got a new sponsor and it couldn't be a better fit for you guys. And let me tell you, it's a sick product. Grapple Guard Body Wash is the partner on and off the mats against terrible skin infections and your ticket to ultimate freshness. Guys, you know the deal. Hours of sweaty, hot murder yoga, like we like to call it, 
calls the need for a thorough cleanup. Grapple Guard Body Wash is an antifungal, antimicrobial superhero ready to smash any skin critters before they become an actual problem. This isn't just a soap though. It's a secret weapon tailored to grapplers like us. But here's the real kicker. Grapple Guard isn't just about smelling great and feeling refreshed after you struggle snuggle. It's a rear naked choke to infections like ringworm, staph infection, and more, like I said. Listen, Grapple Guard isn't just your usual jujitsu body wash either. These guys went to great lengths to make sure these ingredients were many belt levels above the soap you currently use for infection defense. Now here comes the best part. If you're one of the fast ones to snag this deal, you'll get 25% off plus free shipping within the US. It's a deal that's more exciting than your first sub. Head over to grappleguardsoap.com and enter code elbowstight25 to secure your discount. This is more than just cleaning up. It's a grappling experience you won't want to miss. Thank you, Grapple Guard, for sponsoring this episode. I think I think one thing that you like you're alluded to there is like barrier of entry. Like it, the lower the barrier of entry to eat something to like get your nutrition in and to hit your goals is mm -hmm. like the the best thing right like we shouldn't mm -hmm. people shouldn't be feeling bad because they want to eat these things it's like like give yourself some grace and and yeah allow yourself some you know because i i definitely think uh once again coming from you know the crossfit stuff like that people are so uh binary a lot of the times when it's like Black well i want to eat healthy i can't mm -hmm. eat this it's like well right. there's moderation it's like, right. what, what are some common misconceptions you, you hear from like, especially jujitsu athletes when it comes to nutrition? Oh, like carbs are bad. Like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, it, I hear it, this all the time. That's weird. I hear this all the time. I hear it all the time. Like, oh, like don't eat carbs or, I mean, cause low carb, low carb is the end thing. It's been the end thing for a few years now. <laughs> um, you know, you got now and it's, it's so crazy. It's gonna, it's gonna flip. Trust me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna flip back. Cause, um, now, you know, it's, it started off with keto or just paleo, right. Or low carb. And then now it's, and then it became keto and now it's carnivore. Like it just becomes more and more extreme, but people, people are still very, uh, fearful of carbs and think that like carbs are, the absolute devil. Um, and so I hear that a lot in the jujitsu space, which again, from an evidence from how, you know, your body works, like carbs actually will help you in jujitsu. Now there are definitely people that, you know, there's nuances. There's definitely people who cannot have as many carbohydrates because maybe they have, you know, type two diabetes or whatever. But, um, for the vast majority, if you're healthy, again, carbs are not bad. And it really just depends on the type of carbs. Like there's a big difference between a fucking Twinkie and then, you know, uh, an <laughs> apple. There's a huge difference yeah. between that. Like, you know, do they even sell Twinkies anymore? I don't, even know. I don't know. I mean, I would eat them if I, if I found them, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my, my, son, I, my, my kids got the like little packets of uh, chocolate chip muffins from Costco downstairs right now. Yeah, those are yeah, like crack, yeah. dude. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. gotta be careful with those. <laughs> so yeah. So even, okay. So even my example, like there's, I eat a grown crustable, but there, but like, again, I will also have fruits and vegetables too. So, I think that's the thing where it's like people look at it as black and white. Like I can't have this type of food and this food is the only food that I can eat and it's healthy. But what happens with that when we have that black and white thinking is that as soon as we stray from the, Oh, I had, I had my donut or whatever I'm being bad. And so what's the point slash that's where we fall into that. Like, fuck it. Like I already messed up. Let's just go slam pizza and burger and beer. And like, let's, let's just full send it. Right. I already had an Oreo today. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what, that is literally what happens. And that's, I would probably say 99% of the people I, I, that I work with, like that's their biggest thing is that they have this like black and white thinking about food. And so in the jujitsu space, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, it's like things like carbs, they're bad and don't eat them, but they actually can really help your performance. Like, I mean, this is me personally, not saying everybody should do this, but like I eat like 500 to 600 grams of carbs a day. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I mean, a lot of my, um, my, so I coach some jujitsu athletes and I have them, I mean, they train a lot. So I have them eating a high amount of carbs and they weren't eating very much carbs before. And they were like, oh no, I'm afraid of carbs. They're going to make me fat. I started, I started gradually increasing their carbs and they're like, man, I am 
fucking smashing everybody, <laughs> you know, because that's that's the fuel that your body is going to use for something high intensity like jujitsu. So, how how can people develop a healthy relationship with food and dieting and all these things so they don't develop that that binary that black and white mm -hmm. in in their nutrition endeavors i mean it takes it takes time um honestly i mean not to plug myself but i mean giving a coach <laughs> getting a coach i mean that's why who, you're here alex <laughs> yeah i know right like, I mean, but like getting somebody to help you with that is definitely um something that will that that will help now there are definitely coaches out there that can really create some very disordered eating patterns with people but um i think the biggest thing if i would say is like aside from getting a coach is again that that concept of flexibility um looking not looking at foods as healthy unhealthy good bad right looking at foods as a spectrum of choices and i can make a better choice or i can make a worse choice or whatever, but it's not like a bad choice. It's not like I can't ever do it. It's just, it's just, Hey, if I'm going to, let's just say, let's just say I'm going to like, I don't know, Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. Right. Um, <laughs> I could go and order, you know, uh, for breakfast, like a chicken biscuit and, and fry and tater tots or whatever. Okay. That's something I can order, but how can I make this a more aligned meal that is better for me. Well, okay, maybe I still want the chicken biscuit because it's fire. Um, but <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I don't get the hash browns, and maybe I substitute like a fruit instead. Or even this, I love this actually too with a lot of people because we talked about like how people don't necessarily sometimes eat enough um, consistently. Um, and so I'll be like, hey, what if you still got the hash browns and the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit, and then you added uh, a small cup of fruit there? Now you've added something that is still like very healthy and nutritious, and it makes this meal so much more complete and so much more satisfying. And you're not sitting there restricting, but you're you're adding to it and making it a more um, something more probably you're likely to do in the future. So I love that concept of like, hey, we don't need to restrict anything. We can, we can practice some restraint or we can add something that is also healthy into the mix. And now that we have this meal, like, yeah, I had my, I had this and then I had this too. And it's like something like we can be really proud of. How do you navigate through the different diet restrictions that uh, people do have, right? Cause you know, like you mentioned, some people are, are carnivore, some people are vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, like all these mm -hmm. different, these different diets. How do you, how do you help? And then, uh, like promote good eating in each one of them. Do you like give suggestions to them? Like, Hey, you may be vegan, but you're missing out on this much protein or right. Cause protein is probably the biggest thing people talk about with veganism. Mm -hmm. Uh, how, how do you, how do you suggest or guide people to making the right choices? Yeah. I mean, again, like I'm not, my main thing is, Hey, if you want to eat this way, if it's working out for you, I always just ask like, Hey, how's that working out for you? And if they're like, Oh yeah, I love it. I feel great. Okay, cool. Um, and then if they, if they're like, you know, if they ask me something about it, you know, I'm just going to give them, you know, what I think and the education aspect to it. So if you go from like, you know, the vegan, the vegan example, and you know, it's like, yeah, I love eating. I love eating vegan. I feel so much better. Um, and then, you know, maybe they ask me like, yeah, I'm not really recovering all that great though. So I'm like, okay, well, what's your, you know, what's your protein intake? Like, well, I'm only getting like 50 grams of protein a day. Okay. Well, here's some options that you can eat to increase your protein intake on a vegan diet because I'm, I'm not going to sit there and try to change them right, like right away. I, I mean, I asked him like, Hey, you know, what's the reason why you're eating vegan? And, and, you know, do you think that's sustainable for you? And if they say, yeah, no, I love eating vegan and I want to eat this way, then I'm not going to fight them on that. I think that's like one of the worst ways you can actually right. coach somebody. Yeah. And so again, so I'm like, all right, here, here's how you can make this work. Right. Or here's some options that you can do. So same thing with any kind of like some, some people on any kind of special diet that they want to be on try to make it work because almost everything you can make work. 
Now there are definitely be situations where, you know, maybe you want something and it doesn't really align with how you're eating. And then you have to make that kind of decision. But until you get there, if you can make it work and you enjoy it, then that's what you're going to stick to. And that's probably the most important thing about, about nutrition is there are for infinite amount of people, there are infinite amount of diets. And so if you, it has to be the diet that works for you as an individual. So how do you prep? Uh, well, first of all, weight cutting in jujitsu, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth that some people say mm -hmm. it's okay to weight cut for jujitsu is, uh, if you do it correctly. And some people say like, just go compete at your natural body weight. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you approach weight cutting for jujitsu athletes? Yeah. So honestly, full disclaimer, I uh, I don't compete. So like, but I do. <laughs> but I, you help jujitsu athletes, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I am familiar. I am familiar with like. So actually, my first uh, like real not in house tournament, I did cut for that. Um, but I was already familiar with cutting, like just from weightlifting. But um, so, and again, it depends on the person, right, and their goals. Um, I would generally say if you're a white belt <laughs> and it's your first tournament. And, you know, I would just go in as you are and just compete um, and then do your knock your first one out. If you stomp everybody, fantastic. You're probably sandbagging. If you <laughs> if you if you uh, if you get whooped, then and, and it was truly like a size thing, like, for example, um, you know, maybe you're one hundred and. 80 pounds and you're in that weight class and then you know they're much taller than you or whatever then or then maybe yeah and if you maybe you have more body fat you could stand to lose okay cool like maybe your next one go down in in the weight class but i i wouldn't if you're just brand new to competing i wouldn't cut and i, I would say that's even just people weightlifting or powerlifting like i remember i coached a lot of weightlifters and powerlifters and they always wanted to cut for their first meet i'm like why don't we just how about what do you think about just going in and just competing as you are it's just you and yourself it's not it's not like there's nothing to prove here so but i mean you know obviously if you're more um competitive then it may make sense to just keep uh at a weight class that where you can be the most competitive so i mean i liked weight cutting or i liked being a 77 kilo because my my numbers looked way better for a 77 than 85 <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah i, I I competed, I competed at both, like, well, actually, I competed at 77, 85, and then up to 94 at one point. Oh, wow. My numbers were, my numbers were uh, not pound for pound best at 94, but ultimate all time at 94. I was, I was, I was on the gains for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I would cut down, I would try to compete at 77. And honestly, I didn't really feel great. Um, I always had to diet a lot. That's the other thing you got to consider too, is that, you know, if you're a jujitsu athlete and you're, um, you're not able to maintain that that weight or close to that weight range, then it's probably not going to work for you to compete there because you're going to be constantly trying to diet and under fueled and you're not going to perform as well. You may open yourself up for more injury. So it's just not you got to you got to kind of see where you're where you're naturally kind of going to kind of hover at and then see if you can compete there, too. So how how can uh, people make the first step into tracking their their food or taking their their nutrition a little bit more seriously because it can be a mm -hmm. very intimidating task right. to be honest with yourself honestly because that's what you're mm -hmm. ultimately doing you're being honest with yourself and you're realizing you're like holy shit man <laughs> I, all i ate today was processed carbohydrates that mm -hmm. probably aren't the best for me how can people you know open up that door to self-improvement yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, there's again, there's apps like Macrofactor or Chronometer, um, but they can be still a little bit intimidating to get into. You know, people don't, a lot of people out here, they don't like to be on their phones a lot or they just don't know how to use the apps. Honestly, I think if you want to just build some self awareness, if you've never tracked your food ever before, um, just take a picture of what you're eating, man. Like, mm. Like, you know, just that's you smart, have, man. yeah, you just have food and that's, I, I'll do that with clients and I'll, I'll just say like, Hey, like, why don't you just take a picture of what you're eating? And then at the end of the day, look at it and see, all right. Cause 
I'm a firm believer that most of us know, like, hey, <laughs> I didn't eat a single vegetable today. <laughs> like, what is going on? Sometimes like, I look back and I'm like, when was yeah. the last time I ate a vegetable? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, or, or you know, like, oh, man, like, I didn't eat any kind of, like, all of my food is just, like, you know, fast food or whatever. So if you can just get some kind of awareness about what you're doing, then you can start to make small actionable changes and you don't have to and this is another thing people do is they try to they try to night and day it right they try to look at their diet and be like oh like i gotta completely eat clean and turn it around like yesterday but you don't most i mean you can but that's often not gonna last it's not gonna be sustainable so it's like making small changes so for example if you realize that you don't eat any vegetables and they or fruits or whatever Hey, like, why don't you just add a banana to one of your meals or a, you know, some broccoli or whatever? Like, it doesn't matter. Just you see that there's a gap there and then you can make that small change and then it can become a habit if you can continue to do it. And then you can make more changes and more changes over time. But I think like even most people, again, like I said, like they eat, you know, very poor quality. Um, even just doing that, just taking a picture and then trying to improve the quality first. I think that's a very good step for most when people. When you say quality, does organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, all these these labels on these foods, does it honestly matter? Or is it for like a small subject of clients? I mean, if you have celiac, obviously gluten-free is, is something that you have to, you have to um, pay attention to. But a lot of stuff is just marketing because again, like, there's a really there's a really cool account guy that I know. His name is Matt Chi Day Design. Um, he makes these little TikToks of how to make like junk food healthy, and he'll yeah he'll yeah, make, yeah 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 I know who that you know, yeah you know yeah. What I'm about. yeah it's like I'll make Coke healthy like <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and and I mean that's the thing I'm constantly sending my stuff, wife those yeah no it's it's a lot of food marketing so like you know there's definitely merit for some things like organic or or whatever but a lot of it's just food marketing and I try with with clients it's like hey you're we're 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 in the weeds here or we're like you know we're folk we're majoring on the minors here like you don't eat any vegetables right now let's let's not worry about whether they're organic or non-gmo or whatever let's eat a piece of fruit or something <laughs> like that's it and then we can and then once you have that down then we can start you know worrying about the 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 other stuff it's like i don't know it's like jujitsu people trying to do something like crazy like you know inversion type shit and then they don't even know how to hip escape like come on yeah. like let's, let's 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 get the basics let's get the basics down first before you try to do some kind of crazy imanari roll into a into a you know figure four leg lock whatever like Let's get the basics first, so. With the holiday season approaching, our sponsor Waterboy is here to help you prepare for those nasty holiday hangovers. There's nothing worse than feeling like the Grinch while everyone else in the family is rocking around the Christmas tree. Waterboy is a hydration powder scientifically formulated to cut your hangover time in half. There are other hydration packs on the market, but nothing even comes close to fighting those Sunday scaries like Waterboy. With zero sugar and three times the electrolytes as liquid IV, your hangover doesn't stand a chance. Unlike their competitors, Waterboy added specific ingredients beyond just hydration to help with that nausea, anxiety, and your fatigue. We all know that hydration alone isn't enough to help after a holiday bender, and it's just not for you. Waterboy's hangover recovery formula makes a thoughtful stocking stuffer for, or a fantastic gift for your loved ones. Show them you care about their well-being this holiday season. For this holiday season, our listeners get 15% off their entire order with our exclusive link at waterboy.com slash elbows tight. Recently, Waterboy released the new grape flavor, and I must say it is by far my favorite. I'm usually not a fan of grape flavored drinks, but grape is by far my favorite flavor. And you know, being a dad now, I'm, I'm, I'm a super lightweight. I hate to say it, but it, give me three beers especially during the holiday season and I'm, I'm i'm tipsy dancing on the countertops and thankfully with Waterboy, the morning hangovers after a holiday bender or just three beers is gonna save my life so join hundreds of thousands of people already trust Waterboy as their hangover cure it's the time to stop dealing with that anxiety alone for a limited time my listeners get 15 percent off 
discount with our link at waterboy.com slash elbows tight. That's 15% off at waterboy.com forward slash elbows tight. It's time to ho ho hydrate this holiday season. Thank you, Waterboy, for sponsoring this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know one one thing that's very intimidating too, especially with my wife and I, both of us, we track our food and you know, we we try to eat um as clean as possible. The one of the big concerns we always have is the cost of food, especially in an inflationary period right now where mm-hmm. food is so much more expensive. What are some ways people can uh buy food? Because you mentioned, you know, you do the Costco hauls and yeah, stuff bulk like is that. Great. What are, yeah. yeah, what what are some ways that people can uh lower the cost but keep hitting their goals Mm -hmm. yeah i mean um i love bulk bulk buying in bulk um you know costco they do have a lot of expensive you know um pre-made stuff but again they're they're bulk just vegetables meats you know things like and of course you're gonna have to cook it so you know you're trading time for money but 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 buying in bulk is a really solid strategy um buying things in season is a good strategy like if you buy fruits and vegetables just like make sure they're in season or on sale and stuff like that um they're definitely lower costs like proteins you know things like you can still get good quality high protein you know things like ground beef or you know chicken breasts or stuff like that that are you know again you don't have to buy like steak or like whatever or like the most expensive fish that you can no you don't need to do that like Man, one of my favorite meals is poor man's poke. I call it poor man's poke. Um, I just take like a can of tuna, some rice, and a little bit of like guacamole, and then pour hot sauce on it. And that's, yeah. that's like, like one of the cheapest meals, like straight out of college meals. But I'll I'll crush it, man. I don't care, man. Like so, you know, stuff like that. And it is expensive these these days. Actually, I wrote a post about I need to I need to um bring that post back or whatever update it but yeah like how to eat on i did one on how to eat on 50 dollars. oh um, and i yeah so I, like i i built out and it's on my instagram but i had built out like how to eat on 50 dollars, this many calories like um and then yeah i went to went to walmart and mapped it out so yeah but it's possible. But that was two years ago, so I don't know. It might be like seventy-five now. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, as, yeah. As, after being in the industry for so long and around s- such incredibly smart people, what has one thing that has changed your mind over the years that you used to be a firm believer in, but now you're like, I don't really know if that's necessarily true anymore. Hmm. Well, good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think just being around a lot of people that I just see have pivoted or just done different things. Um, nobody's got their shit figured out, man. Everybody's still figuring out stuff. We're constantly learning. Everybody is, you know, constantly adapting. That's like jujitsu, right? Like you, like you start off, you know, you may, you may love playing half guard and deep half and stuff like that as a purple belt. And then, and then when you get to brown belt or black belt, you're like, man, I, I don't ever play that. And now I, I haven't, higher viewpoint of things and yeah, everybody's just constantly evolving and i think a lot of people think that you know everybody's got it figured out or you see on social media like oh nobody, everybody's still learning so yeah where do you go as, as you as a coach where do you go for your information to to further your knowledge do you read just white papers uh webmd like wh- wh- where do you get all your information from there's some really good stuff like from people um I mean, Lane Norton's great. If he he takes a very like evidence based approach on things in terms of like you know um, uh, nutrition. Alan Aragon um, is awesome. Um, Greg Knuckles, who created Macro Factor, he's like he's always public. He's always posting like uh, studies and talking about them and reviews and journal article reviews and things like that. Um, yeah, those are some. Those are some really high level people, I think in the, in the nutrition space. Um, yeah. So those are some people I definitely, I definitely look at. How, how much time do you spend, uh, researching and then kind of like furthering your knowledge? Is it like a, a thing that you throw in like your, your daily tasks or is <laughs> it kind of like when you, you see something that grabs your eye, you're like, Oh, let me look further into that. Yeah, mostly, mostly that like, can I see something that grabs my eye because there's always new stuff coming out. Like, I mean, for the most part, like, I would say the basics of nutrition are um, pretty, 
pretty set, like the basic stuff, but there's usually other things like optimization of, you know, one thing right now, I think a lot of people are, um, is, uh, you know, carbon take and stuff like that. And just nutrient timing. There's always, there's always a lot of information coming out about that because there's a lot of studies and stuff like that, or like gut health and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, when things come up and I'll, I'll catch it, but you know, I think it's one, I think it's important to like, you know, just obviously keep, keep learning and stay ahead of the curve. So, um, you know, there's definitely groups that still do like certifications and uh, actually another guy that I follow is like, his name is Sam Miller. He's awesome. He, he talks a lot about like effects of like hormones and metabolism and all that kind of stuff. And that, and that can get like really high level like again like most people most people don't really need to get that high level and if you start if i start like spitting out all this stuff to like you know people who have no idea what like how to eat and they're gonna be like i don't know again it's like white belts like trying to trying to teach them something that you know a high level black belt is doing like they don't they're not gonna know so yeah i, I follow like uh rp strength dr israel yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Derek Israel, from more place awesome. more yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, sometimes yeah. they get so into the weeds. I'm like, I'm losing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, there's like, I'm there. This is so far over my head, but I love their entertaining factor. It's like I just keep watching it. But yeah, there's like, like my knowledge of nutrition sometimes is like, yeah. nope, nope, no, no yeah. idea because those guys get deep into it. I think where where I'm at at this point in time, though, like I have a, like enough knowledge, obviously, of like basic nutrition and understanding how nutrition works. But the the challenging part for me as a coach is how to work with people and how to help people get through past some of these like mental barriers and mindset barriers that you know that's what you can you can tell somebody all day long like this is what's happening but that doesn't mean that they're going to change it like they have they have to get through whatever is up here in their head a lot of times to actually create some 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 true change so how do you do that how do you help people with that i mean there's a lot of conversations that we have to have and we and you have to go into like you know motivation and reasons why and things like that and then and then you know maybe even getting them to see and and talking to them and asking them questions about like how their life is and what do they want, what their values are. Um, Cause I've actually had some clients that, you know, they come to me and they're like, man, I want to, I want to lose 20 pounds. And then, you know, we're trying to go for it and they just not do anything. And then we have this conversation and it was like, well, what's the actual reason why you want to lose this weight? And like, what's actually important to you? And they start to realize like, man, you know, like, yeah, I want to, I want to do it, but it's not actually what's like truly important to me or rather the, like the way that I think that I need to do it. I can't do that because it doesn't align with my values and my lifestyle, my priorities. And that's really where we have to figure out because if it doesn't align, if we do something that's not in alignment with your values and priorities, you're not going to stick with it. And it's not going to be something sustainable. You're going to, you're going to, yeah, maybe you can discipline and willpower yourself to drop those 20 pounds, but once you once that runs out, you're going to be right back to where you started. It's not going to be a, an actual change. So, when it comes to your jujitsu journey, um, do you watch like instructionals, or do you just simply? Because the way I feel about it is, I don't I don't necessarily watch instructionals or a lot of like jujitsu content because I'm still having such a hard time learning what's already going on in class. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the times, yeah, I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. do that, but there are some things out there. Like uh, I don't know if you know who Jordan Pressinger is. Oh, I love yeah, I love yeah, so, I love him, man. Jordan yeah, does so, jujitsu. He's yeah, yeah, he's the man. So he has like the the jujitsu theory course, which I have and I mm -hmm. always promote. It's like that thing is phenomenal. And uh, and now he has like the wrestling for BJJ and stuff like that, like things like that where it's I could jump in and out of and like there's tangible things for me to take right over to practice. Uh, mm -hmm. I love things like that. But like an instructional where it's typically a step by step thing. I'm like, Dude, I, there's no way I'm going to mm -hmm. be able to implement this. Mm -hmm. in class. By the way, if you guys want a discount on those courses, links down in my description. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, how, how do you approach learning outside of jujitsu? Uh, especially when someone that works with clients and, you know, your, your free time outside of the mats is very busy as well. Mm -hmm. No, I, um, I love, I love Jordan does jujitsu stuff. I'm a very big, um, conceptual person. Um, mm. if I understand the why, and this is something too, like with my clients, I try to, I try to teach them the why of things. Right. So if I understand why I'm doing something, then I can, then I can one, 
you know, more likely to do it. But two, um, I don't need to know the steps, you know, if I know, like, for example, actually with him, with the, like, uh, something I really learned from him that just stuck with me. I was like, Oh, this makes so much more sense. Now it was about guard, right? If I'm trying to keep guard on somebody, I don't want my legs. I don't want them to be split, right? Like I want either two of my legs, like either outside or I want two of my legs inside, right? Their legs are, you know, playing butterfly right. or like a closed guard, right? I don't necessarily, I mean, I play half guard, but I don't necessarily, that's not necessarily somewhere ideal because they're halfway past my guard. And so once I started to understand that concept, my guard retention got so much better because I'm like constantly, like if somebody gets past one leg, I'm trying to get the other leg back in, or I'm trying to get both legs on the outside. I'm not playing this like where I'm, where I'm trying to get them to come through the middle or whatever stack, whatever. So that's, I'm a really big conceptual learner. So that those are the types of things that I like to look at. I don't like to look at things that are, you know, yeah. Okay. First we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. I'm not going to remember those steps. Um, but if you, if you explain why I need to keep my elbows in, right. Cause I don't want them to occupy that space. Then I will gonna, I'm going to do that. And then every time I'm in a bad position, I know keep the elbows in frame and these are why i need to do that so i don't need to know the steps so yeah keep the elbows tight everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gave you the... no but that was man that like jordan uh shout out to jordan man the t-rex arms like i yeah. i found yeah. him he's when a good buddy like, of mine now yeah. because of this oh that's yeah. awesome yeah, yeah, yeah no when i when i found when i found his his page i was a blue belt and um i had never understood why like or the concept of a hip escape and like how you do it and why, like I'd always thought, oh, you just bridge, right? No, but it's like, yeah, it's a bridge, but it's like, you're trying to get a frame in a space to like get your hips out so that you can, you know, reestablish your guard. I just thought you were just supposed to bridge. <laughs> I didn't know like why the concept of that self is important, but it had never been taught to me. It was just like, yeah. oh, you do fucking shrimp rolls down the mat, like whatever, like, Okay, but then when you come to do it live, you don't understand why it's not working because I don't have a firm understanding of the concept of why that actually works. Yeah, I think I think understanding the why and the conceptual side of it has changed me a lot uh, mm -hmm. recently. Um, also, because you know, one shout out to Jordan too for this is like uh, now I pay much more attention like inside position, not letting people yeah. grab my head. Right? Grab your head, yeah, dude. Like now yeah. I'm always like sinking my head to the mat like you are not grabbing my head you yeah. know things things like yeah. that uh which are like invaluable like they're just mm -hmm. like they just always stick to the back of my head um when you're looking for uh, a a coach what what are some things that make a good coach to you uh like a jujitsu coach or just any coach yeah. or just any coach uh, i mean jujitsu sure yeah yeah um let's see I'll just think about my coach, my, cause I'm, I mean, I'm new to the Alliance Carlsbad, but my former coach at, at IJJ, um, Gabe, first of all, dude is a monster. Like you if I, if you roll with him, um, man, he, there, he was on a video actually with Tyler Spangler. You yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You sent me that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Man. So like <laughs> Gabe is a monster and, um, you know, rolling with him, I, I just, I think that's one of the biggest things. Like, are they, are they really good at jujitsu? Like to where I feel like, man, I don't have anything, um, on them. And then how well are they at explaining and teaching? Um, and not just, and not just like, you know, oh, teaching them the move and going through the steps, but again, teaching the why of why this works. I think that that's a big thing for me. Um, yeah, I think that's really the big thing for me. Let's see. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. I like like the the understanding the why and the concepts. And I also had another really good coach um, at another school I trained at in Austin. His name is Ryan. Um, he did a lot of nogi leg locks, and like he he explained the concepts of why these things work. And that's why I was like able to figure out, oh, like this is what I need to do, and I could create, be more creative because I understood the concepts more. Yeah. What, what makes a good student to you, like, or a good client? Hmm. Well, I tell, I tell all my, my clients, I, I think of a good client will do three things. One, they'll communicate. So, you know, they'll, 
they'll say, Hey, like I'm having a problem here, or I need help here. Or even if they don't know what they need help with, they'll just be like, I, I don't know what's going on, but there's, there's, I'm having trouble. And that's where the coach then is like, okay, well, let's talk through it. Right. Um, so communication and then just being honest with yourself. Like I think it, in jujitsu, especially it's hard to be honest with ourselves sometimes because the ego. Right. But I think and this is what my former coach told me. He's like, I always was honest with myself about where my jujitsu actually was and what I needed to truly work on because it can be hard to re realize and to be honest with yourself, like, man, I really suck at turtle. Like me personally, <laughs> I suck at any position in turtle. Somebody gives me a front headlock, like it's bad news for me. Like, and, and I really need to work on that. And I need to be honest instead of like, nah, 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 it's fine. I don't need to do that. Whatever. Instead of ignoring it. Cause we're not going to get better if we're not honest with ourselves. And then commitment, um, commitment, meaning a lot of people think like, I'm either going to be all in or all out, but I think commitment is like, regardless of outcome, you're going to show up and you're going to put forth whatever effort you can. And it's not about always like, well, I can't train five times a week, so I'm just not going to bother. If I can train one time a week, or if I'm injured and I'm just going to show up and watch class, I'm going to do it. That's commitment. And regardless of outcome, regardless of whether we, you know, win a tournament, get promoted, whatever, we're still going to show up and keep, keep training. Doesn't matter what happens. That's, that's the three things like communication, honesty, and commitment. How, how can people set like realistic goals with being honest with themselves? Like, especially when it comes to like nutrition or something like that, obviously if mm -hmm. someone's come to you saying, I want to lose a hundred pounds in three months, you're like, ah, that's, <laughs> that's not realistic. Like, how do you, how, yeah, how yeah. can people help set realistic goals for themselves, whether in on the mats or off the mats? Hmm. That's a good question. Cause yeah, I mean, I, sometimes people do, sometimes people do come and with like, Oh yeah, I want to lose 50 pounds or hundred pounds in like a year, or even a year. That's a lot. Right. So, um, I think again, it's just, it's just kind of figuring out like, okay, what's been your success or progression up until now. Right. Like if you've been, if you've been making really good progress and then you've, and, 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 you know, that's a trajectory that's within reach. Okay, fine. But if you haven't been successful in the past and you come to me with this like crazy, like this crazy goal, then I think that's where you have to like dial it back in and be like, Hey, how successful have I been before and doing what I'm doing? And do I think that I can actually get there? Or is that just like goal that I have because you know, that's what I want ultimately. So I think it's, it's a lot of like maybe self-awareness and reflection of like, okay, how, how, how successful have I actually been before that? So. Yeah, like, if, I like for me, like for me, like not having competed since white belt, I'm not going to go out there and say, yo, bro, I'm going to win Nogi Worlds this year. <laughs> like, 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 hey, maybe, maybe if I could, like, right, like just sign up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to go win Nogi Worlds. But like, that's probably not going to happen. But maybe the goal would be like, hey, I'm going to sign up for this next tournament and I'm going to train, you know, as hard as I can. And, and I'm going to and I'm going to try to, you know. I'm going to do it and then see what happens. Right. Like that's more a goal, like an action-based goal. Like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to train for this. Like I want to win it. And then if I, if it comes short, okay, that's where the commitment aspects, Hey, I didn't win, but I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to learn and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to go for it the next time. What, what, what outside factors like stress play into hitting your nutritional goals, like signing up for a jujitsu competition. There's a lot of stress that comes along with that. How can that affect yeah. someone's nutrition and their, their, their goals with their nutrition, if they are doing it for, you know, that competition. Like you're talking about like stress, like just overall. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, or any outside factors that they're there that could impede on their, mm -hmm. their goals with nutrition as well. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the person. Some people, you know, again, they life throws some shit and then they're just like, you know what? I have a goal and I'm going to, I don't care about whatever. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going for that goal. Um, but some people, yeah, I mean, more stress causes them to, you know, they have to pull, they feel like they need to pull away. Um, or, you know, they, yeah. And I think the biggest thing with that is, is again, um, not looking at things along that kind of I didn't talk about this, but like looking at things like a dial, and this kind of goes mm. back to like the whole flexibility type thing. But let's just say, let's just say we're, 
we're preparing for a tournament and you know, we're crushing it, right? Like we're training six times a week and our nutrition's dialed in, locked in or whatever like that. And, and then our girlfriend breaks up with us, right? She dumps us and then she's, and we're like, man, like, I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, And then, and then, so you're in, you know, in this position where you're going through a lot of stress and okay, maybe, maybe you can't train six times a week, but you've got enough energy into you to go three times a week. So you're going to go three times a week instead of saying, well, I can't train six times a week. I'm just not going to go at all. Or maybe your nutrition is like, Hey, you know, I've been tracking my macros and doing all this stuff and whatever and meal prepping. Maybe I just need to lean in on doing something easier. Right. And, you know, just focusing on the quality of my food and focusing on some habits that I built. Right. Um, And that's the dial, right? Like if, if we need to dial it, back to even something like a one, it's not a zero. And that's where I think a lot of people let stress get them to. They, they feel like the stress, it makes them turn it off. And if we turn it off, it's always hard to turn it back on. That's the thing I always hear. It's like, I just got to get back on track. I just got to get back on track. And it's hard to, to turn it back on when you've been off. So rather than turn it off, just dial it down. And that way, when things chill out, you can dial it back up again. And you don't have to dial it all the way back up to 10. You can dial it up incrementally. Like you can go from a two to a three to a four, right? Absolutely. Well, Alex, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. This is a Yeah, yeah. I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> no, no. That's the whole point of you coming on. Yeah. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. if people want to follow you and, uh, and check out your coaching and stuff like that, where can people find you at? Yeah, so they can find me. I'm on, on my Instagram, Alex Q. Macklin, and they can find me on my website, um, alexmacklin.com. We also have a, a podcast that me and Lori have called the Live Big, Lift Big podcast. Um, so you can find me, hear me talk some more on there. <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect, man. Well, I just want to say thank you so much once again. And if you could give Appreciate one piece it. of advice to a brand new white belt, what would it be? Hmm. Quiz spasm. <laughs> no no just just kidding but no for real though like you're gonna get smushed so just keep showing up it gets better like i i got smushed and now i love it and you just got to get past that we all gonna get smushed that's the thing till till you get black and even black belt people black belt gets very true very true so just just be in it and don't don't worry so much about losing just keep showing up like i said commitment doesn't matter what happens we're just training it's not right. We're only getting older. So give yourself some grace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, guys. But thank you guys so much for listening and watching at home. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with Alex. Be sure to go follow him. Everything's going to be linked down below. Check out the sponsors and link down below. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and watching at home. And remember, no oil checks here. Peace. <laughs>